Greetings, greetings, greetings. You are now tuned in to No Port and All Pearls, a podcast for manifestation, a podcast for self-actualization, and a podcast that equips you with the tools to live your life by design and not by default. I want to take time to give thanks to the originators, the ancestors, because if it wasn't for them, there would be no me. I want to take time to give thanks to the light workers who give the ultimate sacrifice, and that is the giving of themselves for the purpose of uplifting humanity. And I want to take time to give thanks to each and every one of you, the listeners. It's because of you why I do this, and not just you who are listening right now, but those who will come and listen in the future, seeking the information to heal the nation. I just want to give thanks for the moment and um, acknowledge that today um, by many is recognized as a good Friday, and I feel that uh, every Friday is a good Friday, because Friday is the day of love, and what's a better day than to give truth than on this Friday, so I know a lot of people are in preparation for the festivities of what they call Easter. Um, some actually recognize it as the Passover. And, you know, many people um, see it as different things. Um, astrologically or cosmologically, it's the period where the star is in the east. Or whatever, you know, the star is in the east. We all know that the star is um, the sun. The sun is the star that's supposedly being um, seated in the east, eastern hemisphere. But um, tonight, I want to talk about something that um, I don't know if many of you are prepared or ready for this but I mean it's something that's needed and it's it's time for it to be addressed and I'm just going to entitle this um, message for tonight just hard lessons yeah it's just hard lessons yeah tonight we're going to just talk about some hard lessons and basically we have to get to that place where we have to kind of just start looking at things for what they really are. And we got to start like they say, you know, when you're playing cards, especially the game of spades, you got to call a spade a spade. You know? And it's just that. I mean, we we just got to look at things for what they really are. I know a lot of people have certain ideologies and certain different perspectives and they have different um, outtakes and outlooks 
at different things, and that's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, when things are not adding up or when things just don't make sense or they don't come to the proper conclusion, then you got to kind of start re-looking at things or reanalyzing things or kind of start basically really understanding when things aren't right. And a lot of things just aren't right in these days and time. And many people make excuses for why things aren't right. But at the end of the day, what actions do people actually take in correcting these things that they've identified as not being right? And many people, and many people, they, um, feel helpless or they feel like they're in a position where they can't do anything. And it's not really that nothing can be done. Many times it's just because of the position that many of us find ourselves in won't allow us to be able to do certain things that we will desire or want to see done. But you have to first start with identifying your truth and the truths in your life. And when things aren't working for you, you have to start aligning those things in the manner or in the way in which you need them to be aligned so they can work for you. Now, let's start with this whole concept of Easter and Good Friday and all this and you know many of us we see individuals talking they call it um Resurrection Sunday um some people call it Resurrection Sunday to not call it Easter Sunday and they say it's about um uh, Christ being resurrected from the grave uh, from being crucified on the cross and he was on the cross for three days, and then on the third day he rose. Uh, so they say Friday, which is um, the Good Friday, was the day when he died, and then Sunday was the day that he resurrected. So, okay, if you do the math, if he died Friday, um, Saturday, you got one day Saturday he could be on the cross so that's not three days. So that don't add up. So how is it possible that this whole concept is about Jesus being um, raised up on the cross on the third day when it's not three days between Friday and Sunday? You know, um, that's the first hard lesson <laughs> or first thing that you got to really take a hard look at to kind of like really make sense of how it don't add up. And then the next thing is they say, what in the world do Easter baskets and Easter rabbits and Easter bunnies have to do with Christ being resurrected? Um, first of all, um, 
Okay, with the Easter basket, the Easter basket contains eggs. And it's lots and lots of colorful eggs. Now, with the Easter basket and the Easter eggs, they also talk about the Easter bunny. Right? The Easter bunny and the Easter rabbit. Well, did you know that um, rabbits don't lay eggs? Are you aware of that? Are we all aware that rabbits don't lay eggs? I'm sure we are. But if the rabbits don't lay eggs, then what in the world do um, Easter bunnies have to do with Easter eggs? Well, (laughs) maybe it's not that the Easter bunny has anything to do with laying the eggs, but maybe the the rabbit and the eggs have something in common. Um, They're both symbols or they're both symbolic for fertility. They're both symbolic for fertility. You know, rabbits, apparently they multiply in abundance. You know, and they multiply rapidly, right? So that they're extremely fertile. And of course, eggs, the eggs are the things that have to be fertilized in order to create new life, right? The ovium, the woman's ovaries or whatever, contain the eggs. And the eggs, once they're fertilized, it creates life. So it's all about the fertility and about the new beginnings and creations of life. And it goes in alignment with nature, with the spring, uh, the flowers bloom, grass grows, the leaves come on the trees, you know. Uh, The earth is ripe and is ready to produce so not only not only is nature telling you that it's time to produce new life and to promote life but also what do you have as far as desires in your heart and ideas and um you want to start businesses or you want to start relationships or you want to start partnerships or you know anything that you want to start creating This is the ample time that the universe is telling you to go forth and do it. So, I want to start off by just mentioning that and talking about that. Because I want to get that out the way. Because tonight, we're going to be talking about hard lessons. Hard lessons. On No Pork and All Pearl. So, I'm going to take this short break. And when we come back, we're going to really dive into these hard lessons. And we're back to no pork and all pearls. And tonight we're talking about some hard lessons. Now, uh, I wanted to go ahead and get that uh, whole concept about um, Easter bunnies and Easter eggs and resurrection of Christ. Get that out of the system right now, you know, and just use that as a catapult into what I really want to talk about, and that's hard lessons. And what I'm going to use as a substratum of 
what I'm talking about tonight with the hard lessons is actually it's gonna be a chapter out of on uh, the book of Galatians. <laughs> Galatians. And it's gonna be chapter four. And I mean, we're gonna just sit with that and we're gonna read it. And we're gonna just break it down and analyze some things that's being spoken of. And that's why I got the whole inspiration about this whole concept of hard lessons. And we really can gleam a whole lot from this. So we're going to go ahead and start off by reading Galatians chapter 4. And it start off by saying, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How be it then, when ye know not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye Desire again to be in bondage. Ye observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all ye know how through infirmity of the flesh i preached the gospel unto you at the first and my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not nor rejected but received me as an angel of god even as christ jesus where is then the blessedness ye speak of for i bear you record that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm going to stop right there for the moment. And I read 16 verses or whatever. But it's a whole bunch of things that I want to touch on right quick. There's some hard lessons. And the first hard lesson, we're going to go 
back to the beginning where it says that an heir, as long as he's a child, is no different from a servant. An heir, as long as they are a child, differs not from a servant. Why is that so important and why is that such a hard lesson? Many people, they talk about things like um, claiming their birthrights. And they talk about things like, um, I'm a blood right heir. And they say things like, um, well, it's, it's because of my blood. I have the right to this, that, or the third, or whatever. Right here, it's stating that as long as an individual, even though they are by blood right and heir, they have the bloodline or whatever, they qualify. Meaning you got the bloodline, meaning you're a, you're a qualifier of being in heirship by your blood. However, if you are a child, if you are a child, you're no different than a servant. So what qualifies an individual as a child? What qualifies an individual as a child? Mental capacity. Mindset. Mental capacity and mindset distinguishes an individual as being a child or being considered as an age of majority. The way they word it when you're dealing with the legal system, they call you a minority. Minorities are individuals who cannot provide for themselves, who cannot think for themselves, who cannot function for themselves. Individuals who are not self-autonomous. Those are individuals that's considered as minorities. Opposite or duality of minority is majority. So when you're under the age of majority, that means that you are self-autonomous. That means that you can make decisions and think for yourself. That means that you can provide for self and you can do for self. Remember, the name of this lesson tonight is hard lessons. Hard lessons. It's hard lessons because unfortunately, what I'm talking about right now has been the downfall of generations of people. Many people have lost uh, land. They've lost rights, human rights that are, that is. They've lost property. They've lost businesses. Um, they've lost families, loved ones, the right to um, be able to care for loved ones. They've lost their children. Um, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. They've lost their right to not be uh, vaccinated or, or receive certain type of treatment when they were in a um, the hospitals or whatever you want to call it. Um, they've lost legal cases, i.e. Dred Scott, 
Go back and look at the Dred Scott case. Study that. So, it's a major thing. It's a major thing, what I'm talking about right now. Many of you may cannot uh, comprehend or understand what it is that I'm talking about and why I'm talking about this tonight on Good Friday. But in order for us to ever advance and move forward, we got to deal with hard lessons. History throughout time have shown us that individuals who were the rightful heirs and who were the ones who were supposed to receive an inheritance was not able to receive an inheritance because they were no different than a servant. They were no different than a servant. Or another way to put it is they were in bondage. They were in bondage because servants are in bondage. So I'm not talking about um, slavery. I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking about servitude. Talking about servitude. And when we're talking about servitude, that can be voluntary or involuntary servitude. Why am I using terms like that? I'm using these terms because these are more modernized terms that many people are familiar with and that many people have accepted and many people are comfortable with. And they can roll with these terms. They hear these terms on a regular involuntary or voluntary servitude when many people are incarcerated. Another word for incarceration is involuntary servitude. That's incarceration, involuntary servitude. Someone apprehends them and they take them against their will and they involuntarily place them into servitude. We're familiar with that. What's the opposite of involuntary servitude? Voluntary servitude. Voluntary servitude is also employees. Many individuals go and sign up and they go and volunteer to work for someone or to serve someone. For a paycheck, uh, for wages, for um, enumerations, pensions, anything of that magnitude, you know, people do it under the guise of voluntary servitude. Now. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with individuals performing labor, especially labors of love. We're here to perform labors of love. We're here to provide service for the planet. We're here to provide products to help make the world a better place in which we received it. We want to leave it in a better condition than that in which we received it when we came in. We want to leave it even better, you know. However, many of us are not operating out of labors of love. We're operating out of labors of necessity, you know, labors of necessity because we need to feed our families or because we need to 
uh, pay our bills or because we need a place to live or because we need whatever it is that we're in need of, we voluntary we voluntarily go and work on jobs or we do deeds that we may not necessarily want to do because many of us have to out of necessity. And when we're doing that, we're working against nature because within you, if you're not at peace with what you're doing, if you're not doing something that you actually love or you're not doing something that brings you joy while you're doing it, then you're working against yourself and you're not going to be at peace doing something like that. And when you're doing things that are causing harm to others, when you're performing tasks that's that's causing harm to others, karmically, you are going to have to be responsible. And you're going to have to pay a karmic debt. And that's just the truth. And that's a hard lesson. Hard lessons is, you know, when you cause harm to others, directly or indirectly, knowingly or not knowingly, um, you're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to pay for that. But um, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to um, – <laughs> dive a little deeper into tonight's lesson, which is hard lessons on no pork and all pearls. And we're back to no pork and all pearls. And tonight we're dealing with some hard lessons. We're talking about some real hard lessons. And the last segment, I introduced the concepts. We was talking about heirs and we was talking about servants and how if the heir is a minority, then the heir is no different than the servant. It's no different between the heir and the servant if the heir is a minority. And also, I want to talk about what I was reading. If you go to um, if you go to the ninth verse, it says, "But now, after that, ye have known God, or rather, are known of God." How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? And right before that, it said in verse 8, it says, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods? Now, the hard lesson in this is that when you have no knowledge of self, when you have no knowledge of the higher power or creator, when you have no knowledge of being in alignment with nature, you basically are doing things for others because that's what they're expecting you to do. That's what they're um, asking you to do. Or that's what they desire for you to do. And you basically follow their lead or follow their tutorage or follow their governance. Meaning they may give you some statues 
or they may give you some directives or they may give you some instructions on, well, this is how you do this or this is how you perform this task or this is how this is supposed to be done. And when you are minority or when you are not in a place where you can make decisions for yourself or you're not in a position where you can do things for self, you are pretty much in a a role of servitude where you're following the instructions of someone else who is a superior to you only by your admittance and only by your acquiescence to them. Not by statute, not by statute meaning the way they were created and the way you were created. We were all created in the image of God. All of us. So you are a creator. God, the creator, is a creator. So you are a creator because that's the way you were designed and that's the way you were made. Now, with that being said, when you're not in that knowledge of yourself and you're not in a position where you can understand that about yourself, you were doing things that were necessarily not in alignment with your higher purpose or your higher good or with your higher self. But once you come into that knowledge and you come into the awakening of that information and you begin to know who God is and you know who you are, you cannot continue to follow the footsteps the directives, the statutes, the codes, um, the directions of these other individuals who are not God, you can't follow their instructions as if they were your God because they don't know what's best for you. They don't know what's your end game. They don't know what your end game is. They don't know what's the desires of your heart. They don't know what your purpose is. They can't dictate or annotate what it is for your life because only God can do that for you. Only God can do that for you. Now, I'm saying all this to say that many of us, we are in a position where we have to receive handouts or we have to look for assistance, or we have to look for some type of um, benefits or privileges from someone else so that we can survive or sustain ourselves or make it from day to day. And a lot of times, this is really the reason why many of us cannot rise above and beyond the state in which we find ourselves in. Last week I was talking about passing over from one state of consciousness to another state of consciousness. One of the things about passing from one state of consciousness to another state of consciousness is that you have to be able to identify where you are presently. What is your present state of consciousness? And if you know that you're in a position where you are not in control of your life, you're not in control of your destiny, you're not in control of the things that you're trying to accomplish, and you cannot do the things that you desire to do, you got to be aware of that. 
And you got to be real with yourself. And it's a hard lesson. It's a hard lesson because many of us, we have been taught and trained to just make it work. Like, you know, to be grateful for what we got and take the lemons and make lemonades out of it, you know. But what happens when the individual don't desire to drink lemonade no more? When your body's not asking for lemonade? What happens when your body is asking for water? Pure water, spring water. What happens when your body is asking for something other than what you see or something other than what you are in the proximity of when you need to manifest something different into your life when you need to bring forth something else because something is missing this is a plane of abundance anything that you can possibly desire anything that you can possibly want you can have it but you got to first have a desire for it. And many of us have desires for so many things. But we settle for less because we're in a position where we are in a seat of a beggar. Meaning we got to wait for someone to hand us something. Or we got to wait for someone to be generous and do something for us. Or we got to wait for someone to feel pity on us or to feel sorrow and to pass some type of legislation or a bill to make it better for us, to make it right. Well, that's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing because that's still bondage. That's still bondage. And like in the last segment when I was talking about heirs and servants, an heir, even though you are an heir, if you are not in a position of the age of majority, or having a consciousness of someone that's not a minority, then you're still in the mind state of bondage. And you're going to still function in that manner. And your life is going to reflect it. So, the hard lesson in this is that we got to look at what we're doing. We got to look at the things that we're fighting for. Many people are still fighting for something. They, they're trying to fight for something. They want someone to give them something. They want someone to give them something. I want to give you something tonight. I want to give you something. I want to give you your identity back. I want to give you your, your identity. Your identity is you are made in the image of God. You are creators and you have the ability and you have the power to create whatever it is that you want. You can do it. Now, how, how that looks in your life is how it looks in your life. No one else can determine or dictate for you what that's going to look like for you. You know what's good for you as far as what you desire. So you have to be the creator of that concept. And it starts in your mind. It starts with your mindset. It starts with your mindset. You got to get out of the mindset of a beggar. You got to get out of the mindset of an individual that's a minority. You got to start thinking of being 
a producer, being an owner, being a boss, being a leader of yourself, not necessarily trying to lead others or leaders of men. Like so, so many people want to be leaders of others and they want to lead them and they want to show them the way when they don't know the way for themselves. You can't lead someone else until you lead yourself. You got to first lead yourself. So your identity is you got to first become God in your life. You got to tap into your inner God and know God for yourself and become God of your life. You become the one that provides for you. Become self-sufficient. Become self-sustaining. Become an individual that can do for self. It's nothing wrong with contracting with others and partnering with others and doing commerce with others. That's fine. That's great. That's the way of the world. That's the we all are supposed to interact with one another. Because we can't all just do everything completely on our own. However, we must be able to stand on our own to make decisions for ourselves so that we can all create collectively and together and uplift each other. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with more of tonight's message which is hard lessons on no pork and all pearls and we're back to no pork and all pearls and tonight we're just talking about some hard lessons yeah we're talking about some hard lessons in verse verse 16 i read am i therefore become your enemy because i tell you the truth Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? This is what happened many a time when people come forth and they decide we're going to tell the people the truth. We're going to tell the people the truth. The individuals that come forth and tell the truth, they become hated by many. And many people put themselves against those individuals and they make them out to be the enemy. And I myself, you know, I understand what comes with it. I I understand what comes with being a distributor of the truth. You're going to be labeled as a bad guy because there are so many individuals that don't want individuals to know truth. And then truth is always subjective anyway. So some people, because they have their truth, They want to impose their truth on you to make their truth your truth. When in actuality, truth is subjective. And we all have our own truth that we have to embrace and that we have to recognize and we have to manifest for ourselves. We manifest our own truths in our own life. Um, Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey was an individual who tried to uplift the people and one of his sayings was up you mighty race you can accomplish what you will 
up, you mighty race. You can accomplish what you will. Now, on surface, many people may have missed what he was saying right there. But if you analyze that statement and you see what he was saying, he said you can accomplish what you will. What you will. Your will. Your desire. The things that you want to manifest. You can accomplish that. You can do it. He's up you mighty race. You can accomplish what you will. Meaning no one else has to do this for you. No one else is responsible for doing this for you. You can do it. But it's all based on what you will. What you will to happen for in your life. Now, many people will oppose that statement and they will always try to blame others and talk about the oppression and everything else that's happening, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, all those things are valid as far as things that has happened and transpired. However, we have the power right now to accomplish what we will. If you don't want those things any longer, what is it that you do want? And when you do recognize what you do want, set your will and your focus in that area and watch it manifest in your life. Watch it manifest in your life. Now, I want to continue reading in Galatians chapter 4 because it's even more nuggets in this. And uh, this is not one of those things that um I've heard taught on a whole lot, <laughs> if any. But um, let me read a little bit more. It says, they zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you, my little children of whom I travail and birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Verse 24. This is so key right here. And this is what I'm saying. I don't never hear this being taught because it's so clear as day. It says, which things are an allegory for these are the two covenants. Covenants are contractual agreements. The one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. 
Okay. So basically, it was saying how you have the allegory dealing with the story of Abraham and having two sons. He had one son and the son. Let's be clear on this. Let's be clear on what a son is. This is not no gender type of deal. It's about an heir. A son is equivalent and equal to an heir. And not just an heir, which is um, the same as a servant or a heir that's not competent. It's talking about a competent heir. The son is representative of a competent heir or an enlightened heir. That's what the son is that's being spoken of. So when it's talking about they had two sons, one by a bond woman and one by a free woman, is basically talking about he had two heirs. He had two heirs. He had one heir that was a um that was from a bondsmaid or a woman that was in bondage. And then he had one heir that was of a woman who was free. And the free woman was a result of the promise. Now, what promise, you may ask, are they referencing? What promise were they referencing? The promise was when we're talking about manifesting something, when we're talking about creating something, when you set your intentions and you decide what it is of your own free will and of your own free mind, when you decide that this is what I'm wanting to manifest, this is what I desire, this is what I am, I am whatever, you know, whatever that thing is that you're manifesting, you come to the agreement, agreement, covenant, covenant agreement between two people, in this case, it's talking about within you, it's talking about the agreement between your higher self and your subconscious. Your higher self and your subconscious. Or your imagination and your subconscious. When they come to an agreement, those two. When you get that alignment going on, that's the promise that's being spoken of. And that promise results in the manifestation. And that's a manifestation of that free woman. That's the manifestation of the free woman. Now, the manifestation of the bond woman or the bond maiden, that's the manifestation that you settle for. That's the manifestation that you don't necessarily desire, but you acquiesce to it. You agree to it because, I mean, it's convenient. Uh, you don't have to uh, work as far as like believing you can have it. Like it's easily attainable to you. Uh, it's something that you know is available to you. You know, it's plentiful. It's right there. You know, you don't have to imagine it. It's there. So you just go, you go for it and you get it. You know, you're going to receive that too. You're definitely going to receive that. That's what it's talking about, the air, the sun. 
the son or the heir can receive things. But in this particular allegory, it's actually talking about you and your manifestations in your life. And it's talking about the things that you can receive. You can receive the promise of the free woman. Or you can receive the promise of the bond made. Now, I want to go down to verse 30. Because this is so key. It says, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now, why did I want to read that? Because you're going to either have the thing that you truly desire, that's the thing of the free woman, or you're going to have the thing that you settle for, or the thing that you allow someone to give you, and that's the heir of the bond woman. But you can't have both. You can't have both. You can't have both. They don't they don't coexist with each other. You can't hold on to both of them. One of them you have to release. You have to let one go. And if you are going to be operating out of the capacity of an individual who is self-sufficient, who can sustain themselves, who can operate for self, who can manifest for self, you have to get in that lane and you have to go that path and you got to own that. You got to own that and you got to roll with that. But you can't be both an owner and a servant at the same time. You can't be an owner and a servant at the same time. You got to choose one. You got to choose one. You got to choose a path. Are you going to be the servant? You're going to be in servitude, voluntarily or involuntarily? Are you going to operate in that path? Or are you going to operate the path of a responsible party, the path of an individual that takes ownership of their own life and their own destiny, who's going to be God of their own own life. You're going to be a creator, like the creator. You're going to be operating as your true essence. Or you're going to be living that life where you just are doing what you're told. Um, you go and come as other people allow you to. You get the scraps or the crumbs or whatever that's left over that they decide they want to give to you. You know, I mean, it's up to you. The choice is yours, you know, but that's not living a, a life of abundance. That's not being in the life of the abundance plan. That's not living your life by design. That's living your life by default. And that's what I'm speaking of when I say living your life by design and not by default. When you waiting on handouts and you waiting for others to do for you. And you're waiting for others to pass this legislation and this law or whatever so your life can be better because someone else is dictating it for you. You know, these are choices you're making. And this is hard lessons. These is hard lessons. These are lessons that we got to sit back and we got to look at what happened with our ancestors. We got to look at the ones that came before us. 
and see how they live life and see what happened with them. And we got examples of great men and great women doing monumental things that many people never reference or talk about because they don't want you to remember those people. They want you to only remember the ones who were beggars and the ones who was looking for handouts and was fighting for privileges and they wanted to be segregated and they wanted um, to have the leftovers of somebody else, you know, you know, give us, you know, our um, leftovers that we're entitled to, you know, we help build this thing. So, you know, we're entitled to some meals, give us some free meals, give us some free lunches, give us some free education, give us some free housing and all that, you know, do all those things for us versus release our resources back to us. Give us what's our natural birthright, what the creator endowed for us to have, to be able to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and to be uninhibited as we move on this land, wherever we find ourselves on, because we are from this earth. We are from the same substance of what the earth is made out of. We're made out of the same stuff, the same material. All that's in the earth is within us. We are not separate from the earth. We are part, part and parcel of this earth. You know, we have every right to the resources of this place as anything and anyone. They should not be withheld from us. They should not be taken away from us. They should not be regulated to us. We should be able to go and gather things as we need it. And you can if you know what you're entitled to. And we are far greater than some beggars that's looking for someone to give us a handout and to make it right for us. Because at the end of the day, only we can make it right for us. But we need individuals to get off of our backs and get off get off of our necks and to stop leeching off of us and to stop taking from us. You know, it's one thing for individuals to come and rob us and to steal from us, but it's a whole nother thing when we freely just give to others or whatever, when we ourselves are living in lack and living in destitute and not having what we deserve and what we supposed to have because at the end of the day at the end of the day it's all about us being able to give back to this planet give back to nature give back to our communities give back to our families because what we receive we supposed to give back it's supposed to be a fair exchange but if we're not getting anything if we're not receiving anything, how can we give anything? It has to be an equal, mutual, symbiotic exchange. And if we're being oppressed and things are being kept from us, it's no way that we can give back to the planet that's so freely given to us. And it's not the planet that's stopping us from getting the things that we deserve and that we desire. It's individuals that's keeping us from our rightful inheritance and our birthrights. 
but it's not that these individuals are doing it to us by force. Many of us are freely allowing them to do it to us, and we're going to them seeking handouts from them and asking them to do things for us that we're supposed to be doing for ourselves. Now, why did I want to talk about that tonight on Good Friday? Why did I want to bring this out tonight? Because this period that we're in right now is a period in time of abundance. That's what this whole fertility and the Easter eggs and the Easter bunnies and even talking about the resurrection of consciousness or Christ or whatever. We have consciousness and abundance, too. You know, we have the ability to be able to think and to have bigger thoughts right now. Greater thoughts. Thoughts that supersede thoughts that we previously could have had or whatever. You know, so this is the time right now where the, the, the vibration is for creating. The vibration is for abundance. The vibration is for obtaining more. So we have to get to that mindset where we want more. We desire more. We're looking for more. And we got to have a mindset that promotes that. We can no longer have a mindset that promotes lack and that, that that's looking to be beggars and that's looking for handouts. We need a mindset that's looking for expansion, abundance, prosperity, you know, because with those things, then you can do more for others. It's not about being selfish. It's about being self-sufficient because if you're self-sufficient, then you can help some other people become self-sufficient. But if we don't have anything to give, then how can we do anything for others? So, this time period or this Easter or this Good Friday or whatever you recognize this time as, use this as a time to manifest abundance right now. Use this as a time to expand your thoughts and to tap into your higher consciousness right now. Use this time as the opportunity to put to death the mindset of lack, put to death the mindset of being a beggar and looking for privileges and benefits and awaken and arise your abundance mindset, your creator mindset. And with that, those are some hard lessons <laughs> that we have to heed and learn from and do better. So thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of No Pork and All Pearls. And I just want to take this time to speak abundance of prosperity for all of you that's listening and for your progeny and for all of those that you will come in contact with that's in your sphere of existence, you know. I speak abundance to you all. And until next time, I just want to leave you with peace.
Love and shalom.